Well, good morning, community of grace. Did you get nervous when I stood up here? Because I did. <laughs> it's good to see you guys. Always good to be up here. Um, I, just, uh, I am blessed by Noel's worship leadership and this team. I'm just so thankful that we have, and just everyone in this band, in this group, their hearts are gold. And it's evident uh, when they lead us to praise God that it's, it's just the place where, uh, where I want to be. And I hope you want to be too, because we gather before the Lord together. We are gathering together today to continue our series in spiritual bodybuilding. You can tell that I don't know much about bodybuilding, but spiritual things I've got. Uh, once upon a time after college, I decided that it would be a good idea for me to get in shape. I was like, you know what? It's time. So I got a DVD with a workout on it. And I read on some website that if you get one of these, you know, it's a new fitness program. Really easy way to approach it is to just watch it once so you know what you're getting into before you do it, right? So I put the DVD in the player. Well, first I got up and I got dressed like to work out because, you know, you got to start the habit. So I was like, all right, I'm dressed. Put the DVD in the player put it in, and then I, I sat and I was like, all right, I'm going to just watch, see what they're doing, so I'm prepared for tomorrow morning. And they're like doing this and coming this way, and they looked like little sails on a sailboat. It was awesome, and I sat there like an anchor watching them. <laughs> I got this. So the next morning, I got up, I got dressed, and I was like, okay. So I put the DVD in, and I started watching it, and I started, and I was like, I don't think I got it yet. I'm going to sit and watch one more time. And the next morning, I got up, I got dressed, I put it in, and then I just made breakfast and sat down and ate it. <laughs> it's like, you go, guys. You do your sailing. I'm just going to sit here and continue eating my fatty bacon. <laughs> oh. Well, if they on the fitness ship were the sails, I was certainly the anchor, and I was not helping us uh, in, in, to move forward. And the opportunity that we all have in this church, as we go through this spiritual bodybuilding series, is we all get the opportunity to be either the sails or the anchors. The sails catching the wind of the Spirit and moving forward, or the anchors anchoring. We'll touch on that a little bit more. Uh, but I just want to recover some ground so you know where we are exactly. Uh, we've been covering the spiritual gifts, which are found in the New Testament in a few different places. There's a few lists. They're found in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. And these gifts are different from talents. So what makes them different is that they're given by the Holy Spirit for the building up of the church. And it's, it's something that you can use uh, within the church. It's a gift, and the Spirit will give it to whoever he wants. It's something that you can have this gift when you didn't have it before. And we've covered gifts that love and gifts that tell, and today we're starting on gifts that act. So these are gifts of action, gifts of doing things, and we're going to start uh, with administration and leadership. So uh, this is going to be kind of a teaching portion. I'll get to the preach, but the teaching is just administration definition that we got from Life Keys for administration, the ability to organize information, events, or material work effectively for the body of Christ. And we find this in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Uh, that's where this gift appears. It says, this, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, healings, helps, administrations, and various kinds of tongues. That word in the NIV is also translated guidance. Uh, but what the, the original meaning 
If you go back to the Greek, it's one who steers a ship, a helmsman, somebody with the, the, the big steering wheel. Unless you drive a tiny boat, then it looks like this. But the helmsman of the ship. And why is uh, it important that these people are around? Well, because the people who steer the ship are the ones who actually get it somewhere. You could have a captain of a ship saying, go there, and then stand there, and then nobody does anything, and you're not going to go there. Uh, but if you have those people who can steer the ship, uh, that is ultimately necessary. And these people get things done. And another way, reason that your gift is important, if you're a person with an administrative gift, a reason that your gift is important is because the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of power. It's, it comes in power, not just in words, but in power. And you're the ones who get things done. You're the people who activate and do things. So how do you know that you have these gifts? Well, uh, it might be uh, that if people ask you or even expect you to plan or organize uh, events or campaigns or functions. Uh, they, they ask you to and expect you to because you do it excellently and because you actually get it done, this might be your gift. That's good news, unless you hate doing these things. Then it's terrible news. But the hope is that you do it joyfully. And that's what makes it a gift. And some people that I think uh, exhibit this so well, uh, one is, uh, if, if, if you do or don't know her, Sandy Whirling. She is our sacristan. She gets the communion stuff. She does stuff with candles and with baptisms and all these things. She's one of our traditional worshipers, and she's amazing. She serves as such a gift and activates people in these things. And you would never know her if you didn't, like, run into her and talk to her because she's not looking to be up front and have the recognition, but just does it so joyfully and get things done. Another one is Denise. Denise Kayback, uh, who is our communications coordinator back in the offices, she, is, she can administer anything. Like, you just give it to her, she'll get the task done and uh, does it with such grace and joyfully. Uh, and one thing that, um, before I, I'm going to jump ahead, sure, uh, leadership, we're going to talk about leadership and administration. And part of that is that uh, these two have to be mutually submissive to each other. And something I love about Denise is she'll give me a deadline and then she holds me to it. Because even if I'm leading something, if she's administrating, she's like, hey, Dan, I need your sermon notes by this date. Uh, part of what I have to do as a leader is give her my notes so that she can use the gift that God has given her and do that well. So that's something for, for those of us in leadership. We're not over in authority. We have to be side by side. Um, and the people that have the administrative gift, really, if I could sum it up into something small, it's, it's they've got an organizational mind and a passion and heart for Jesus. And they put these together and they get things done. So if that's you, thank you for using your gifts. And if that's not you, be thankful that we have these people who use their gifts. One of the things that makes that a spiritual gift and something, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to figure out what's the difference between a natural skill and a spiritual gift. And again, the spiritual gift is something that builds up the church. But also when you have this gift of administration, um, and you have this position, you really have a position of influence. You're not trying to uh, use it to usurp or undermine or take control or push your own agenda. And that, that heart of Jesus to be in submission uh, to the leaders is, is paramount in this. So with administration, that's one. Now we're going to move to leadership. And you'll see some overlap, and that's okay, because none of this is, is perfectly cut and dry. But in leadership, the life keys definition we have is the ability to motivate, coordinate, and direct the efforts of others in doing God's work. And we find this, it's funny how, how small of a, of a 
listing it is in Romans 12, 8. As Paul says, if your gift is to encourage, give encouragement. If it's giving, then give. If it's to lead, do it diligently. Um, another word is with zeal. But that's, that's all it says. If your gift is to lead, do it diligently. Uh, that word lead, it's also put over, rule, or manage. So if the administrator is like the helms person of the ship, the leader is the captain who not only gets the ship where it's going, but sees where it needs to go and calls out the directions to get it there. I like the words of, uh, there's a man named Peter Drucker, and he says, it was about management, but I think this is perfectly translatable. Administration is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right thing. Administration, doing things right. Leadership is doing the right thing, pointing people in the right direction. So the goal for any leader in a spiritual sense is to make God's priority, whatever God's priority is, it's to make it everybody's priority. That's the role of the leader in a spiritual sense, to hear from the Lord and to make God's priority everyone's priority by casting that vision, by saying, hey, this is what the Lord is doing and here's the direction that we need to go. And one of the reasons that's important is because, believe it or not, people are looking for someone to follow. I think a great example is we didn't call a new senior pastor just to come up here and preach on Sundays. We called a new senior pastor because we believe that God has a vision and a purpose for this church, and we're looking for someone uh, for God to use to help push us in that direction. And so we called Pastor Darren here, and I'm excited for the direction that we're going. The spiritual sense of it is what we, we can catch the little bit of differences because there have been volumes written about leadership. How many have had to take a leadership class or a leadership seminar or you've taught those classes and courses? Yeah, there's plenty. So what makes the difference between that and leadership in the church? Well, in large part, worldly leadership is about positional authority. There's a, there's a hierarchy there, and there's the leaders up here, and then there's everybody else down here. But the kingdom of God turns that in a different way, and spiritual leadership that comes from God leads not from above, but from underneath. It's a supportive servant leadership, and we find that all over Scripture. One story in which we find that in Mark chapter 10, uh, Jesus has been with his 12 disciples for some time now. And James and John, their brothers, they, uh, they talk to each other and they decide to, they're going to have a conversation with Jesus. They come up to Jesus like, hey, Jesus. And Jesus is like, sup, guys? And he's like, hey, Jesus. Oh, they had a secret handshake, I'm sure. And uh, so they did that. They said, Jesus, we got something to ask you. He's like, shoot. And they said, uh, we want, when you come to power, because obviously you're the guy, when you come into authority, we want to be at your right and left hand. We want to be like your top two guys. Jesus responds, well, can you drink the cup that I drink? And the cup that he's talking about is the cup of suffering, which will come. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we'll drink whatever you're drinking. That's fine. Uh, and he's like, well, I'll tell you what, you can drink the cup that I drink, but... To give you a position of leadership, that's not for me to give. That's my, my father's going to do that. Anyway, so the other 10 disciples catch wind of this conversation, this little side conversation to these two disciples that are trying to uh, get above the rest of them. And they are the, I like the word in the scriptures, indignant. Uh, they're miffed. They're ticked. They're not happy about this. And Jesus calls all the disciples together in a very Jesus-y way. And he says, yep, that's... <laughs> That's an adjective. Uh, he says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. 
Modern translation, don't do that. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's the model that Jesus showed us. That's the leadership that Jesus showed us by going to the cross before us. He did it there in uh, John 10, when he, or excuse me, John 13, he meets with the disciples and he washes their feet. And he says, what I've done for you, do to others. In Philippians 2, which is one of the, thought to be one of the earliest Christians hymn, it talks about Jesus, have, have in your mind the same mind that is love Christ Jesus, which did not desire equality with God, something to be grasped, but rather he humbled himself, taking the form very likeness of a man, uh, humbled himself as a servant and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So if you want to lead in the kingdom, uh, don't expect to be here. This is, this is a high calling. And this leader, this spiritual leader, has to know how to be under authority. Jesus was absolutely 100% under the authority of the Father. And I think those examples prove exactly that. Part of why they have to be under the authority is because they're a liability. Leaders, with, leaders of the church without Jesus are a liability. That's, that's, there's no better way to say it. You're going to cause trouble rather than doing good. Leaders of the church have to have a fear of the Lord and be under the authority of God's word, what God has said. Leaders of the church have to be more concerned with God's opinion than with people's opinion. And that's hard. That's hard. And it's not only because people have opinions and they're, they might not be bad opinions, but it's because like, leaders, we love you guys. And we want to do, like, we want to make our, our friends and our family happy and healthy and moving forward. And sometimes the things that God calls us to don't sound like what you think it might be. And, and it sounds like a lot of law. Like, okay, so if you're a leader, do all these things. Make sure that you're listening to God, which is very important. Uh, but I, I don't want the sound of this to be like, if you're leading, the most important thing is to do it right. Because that's what the law would say. Do it right. If you're leading, do it right. But the law, uh, excuse me, the gospel says, do it humbly. Do it humbly. Whatever you do, seek God. Seek the Lord. Fall under his submission. Fall at his feet. Do the best you can. God will work it out for good. So how do you know that you have this gift? Well, if you have this gift, you just, just if you want to know, you want to know, I'm going to give you the one thing you have to do to know if you have a leadership gift. Turn around. Are people following you? If they are, you're probably a leader. <laughs> if they're not following you, there's a chance that you might not be. But uh, if you have that gift, you know, people are following you and you're building up the church and it's building up the church. And what can you do with that gift? Well, the first thing that you do is you lean into Jesus and you listen. Uh, there's this passage in Exodus chapter 33 where Moses is receiving direction from the Lord and he's like, God's telling him kind of what to do and where to go. And Moses says basically, okay, God, if you say go, we will go. But if you don't say go, if your presence isn't there, we're not going. We're following your presence. And that's what a leader has to do, has to lean in and listen to what the Spirit is saying. A leader has to make God's priority his or her own priority so that we can lead others into that priority. And then from that, we get to see who follows and what God's doing through it for the building up of his church. 
Now, I know there's been questions about where are we going as a church? Where are we going? What direction are we heading? Ah, we, got, we called a new senior pastor, and that's good. Now, where are we going? And I'm here, and I can tell you authoritatively, decisively, where this church is heading right now, our current direction. The direction that we are going, you ready? We are going deeper. We're going deeper into the things of the Spirit, into the things of God. We've got this whole series on spiritual bodybuilding, and it's not intended to be uh, 20 to 25 minutes to learn about these gifts, but to know and identify that these are your gifts. These are the gifts that the Spirit gives us as the church, and we all need to participate. And we need to go deeper in the Spirit to listen to them, because deep roots make... Oh, yeah, it's on that banner right over there, the green one. Let's say it again. Deep roots make? Good fruit. Love it. I love good fruit. How do deep roots make good fruit, and how are we doing that here? Well, there's prayer and equipping. Through prayer, you know, one of the things that we've started is having prayer once a month. Guess what? We're starting twice a month to pray over people. Today is the first Sunday where uh, toward the end of the service, you have an opportunity to have prayer ministers pray with you and for you. Um, We've got this prayer team that's awesome, and they're praying. They're praying all the time for this church and this congregation, and we all get to be a part of that. We haven't delegated prayer, but these are people who have specifically committed to praying for this congregation and for you. We've also got uh, the teaching, and this series and our follow-up are going to be part of that equipping. We're talking about the gifts, but soon you'll be able to take a spiritual gifts assessment and see like, what, what, is, what are my gifts and where I'm, might I be able to use them in this church? What are the opportunities here for me? And these are important because we need everyone on board. So the question that we can ask ourselves as we talk about these things, uh, it's, it's a pretty tough question. And that's, am I willing to be led? That's the question we get to ask ourselves. Am I willing to be led? Am I willing uh, to be told in which direction to go and to be a part of getting there? I told you at the beginning on the fitness ship that they were sails and I was the anchor. Well, we all have the opportunity to be sails or anchors. And it might be uh, that at the moment, you might be more of an anchor. And there's a billion different reasons for that. There could be health reasons. There could be personal reasons. There could be family reasons. There could be job reasons. And for some reason, you're not able to uh, be in as full participation as you would like to be in using your gifts. And guess what? There's grace for that. But I wonder if there are some in this room and part of our community who the Spirit is starting to move Spirit's starting to do something and stir something and say something. And if that's you and you feel like you've been an anchor and it's like, oh man, I think God might be moving something, then your next step is to talk to someone about that. You can go to the orange wall and talk to someone. You can speak with me or anybody on our staff um, because we want to get you moving to be a sail to catch the wind. Because while anchors, you know, we can be that for a time, an anchor is not what helps a ship to move. A sail is. So how do you be a sail. Well, a sail catches the wind of what the Spirit is doing. And so what we do, uh, if you want to be a sail, it's, it's a big part of it is listening. It's listening to catch what is, God, what are you doing in this time? Where are you blowing us? Where are you moving so that we can be a part of that? Because God is doing stuff here and God is doing stuff in this church and God wants to move us. But for a ship this big, we need a lot of sails. Because if we're not all blowing and moving forward, it's going to take a long time to build up momentum and get where God is moving us toward. And we all get to be a part of that. And that's good news. 
So we've got our captain, Pastor Darren, setting a course, listening to the Holy Spirit, of course. And we've got key volunteers and staff steering to move uh, us in the right direction. But when you think about a ship, like we're not a big ship with a giant engine that's just pushing us forward. This is a sailing ship. What happens with a sailing ship is if there's no wind, it just does this. Just kind of just moves wherever the, wherever, wherever the water takes it. But on a sailing ship, everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a part. Everybody's got a purpose. And when the sails are up and the wind is blowing, the rudder makes a difference. And those with the administration gifts can help move us where we need to go. The captain's vision gets carried out. And what God is doing, the mission that he has created us for, gets accomplished. I would like to be a part of that. I would like each of you to be a part of that. This sounds awesome and something that we can do together. So that's my hope and my prayer for us today, that we recognize God's calling on our community, on each of us, that the Spirit is calling each of us, not dependent on age, uh, from our youngest of our young to the oldest of our experienced, and that each person is important to the mission of what God is doing. So, community of grace, know that your gifts are mission critical to the life of this church. Can we sail together? Yes, we can. I like that. <laughs> Amen. It's good. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for what you are doing in this congregation. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to move in each heart in this room to do the thing that only you do. You motivate, you nudge, you prompt, you convict in a positive way. You do uh, that thing you do. And let us be a church that puts up our sails to catch the wind of your spirit, to catch what you're doing, and to move in the direction that you've called us to. Because at the start and the end of it all, it's all about what you're doing. And we want to be a part of that. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen.